Welcome to Maranatha Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Femi Fenoyo. We have joined a series that I've been doing on Maranatha YouTube teaching channel titled The Bible. We have joined the series at the beginning of another season, which we have titled The Story of the Whole Bible. Genesis chapter 3 from verse 6. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and give also unto her husband with her. And he did eat. Verse 7. And the eyes of them both were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig trees together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. So we are still looking at the moment at the immediate effect of the fall. God did warn Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter 2, verse 17, concerning the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So we are going to read that again just to set the tone of what we are going to be doing today. But of the trees of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it for in the day, that thou shalt eat therefore, thou shalt surely die. The emphasis for in the day. ERV, but you must not eat from the tree that gives knowledge about good and evil. If you eat fruit from that tree, on that day, you will certainly die. On the day that you eat of that fruit, it is inescapable. You will die. That is how strong it was. But the fact is, when Adam and Eve ate of this fruit, we don't have any record that they have a massive cardiac arrest or they have a massive stroke and they fell down and they died after they've eaten this forbidden fruit. In fact, when we read Genesis chapter 5, verse 5, it tells us that Adam went on to live about 930 years before he physically died. Let's read that. And all the days that Adam lived were 930 years and he died. So then the question is, in what way did they die when they ate the fruit? God said, on the day you eat, you will certainly die. Then there's no argument about that. Adam and Eve died on that day that they ate that fruit. So we then have to ask ourselves, there's a gap in our knowledge here. The question is, obviously they didn't die the way we thought they would die or the way we have interpreted what God said. So what we need to ask ourselves is, what was God saying when God said that they will die on that day? In what way did they die when they ate the fruit? So to help us answer this question, we need to go back to previous studies that we've done before. Because previously we asked ourselves, who was Adam? That was in episode 126 and episode 127. We talked about the constitution of human, both male and female. So if you are not part of that episode, please go back. We talked about the constitution of human and we said that man, women, we are spirit, soul, and body. Let's read from the book of Genesis chapter 2. And we're going to read just one verse, verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostril the breath of life, and man became what? A living soul. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 says, And the very God of peace sanctify you holy. And I pray, God, your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So essentially, I'm just reading that to to 
to remind us that that is the constitution of man. You are seeing me now, but really what you are seeing is my body. Inside me is what the Bible called the hidden man, the hidden man. That is my soul and my spirit. Now, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to be tempted to go deeper into that. But what we saw is that our spirit connects us to God. Our body connects us to the physical and our spirit connects us to God. God, the source of life. God, our real life. Okay. And this is really very, very important. Now, God is the source of life. And we are talking about in what way did Adam and Eve that you need to understand that our spirit, the reason why we have life in ourselves, is because our spirit is connected. Or maybe I should put it this way. The reason Adam and Eve had life, the, 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 the beautiful life, the powerful life that they experience after creation that brings them into a place of delight, a place of fellowship with God. You know, the, the life that they enjoy in that garden, the reason why they had that life really is because they were connected to God himself, who is the very source of life. Okay. And let's read a couple of verses just to try and buttress what we are saying Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, we read from King James Version and also from the Evangelical Heritage Version. King James, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. EHV Version says, above all, guard your heart carefully because your life flows from it. Our life from flow from our heart. Let's read Proverbs chapter 20, Verse 27, again from King James Version 4, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. EHV, Evangelical Heritage Version says, a man's spirit is the lamp of the Lord. It illuminates the depths of his heart. Now, the reason I just read those two scriptures is for us to see that, to, to buttress the fact that, you know, our life, the, the, the spirit, our spirit connect us to God himself, who is the source of our life. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 says that our life flow from our heart. Remember what we said about the heart? Again, I'm not going to go back talking about those things. And Proverbs 20, 27 says that our heart illuminates, or our spirit illuminates the depth of our heart. So in Genesis chapter 2 verse 17, there's a contrast and this is very, very important. There's a, con there's a contrast, and that contrast is between death and the life which God has bestowed upon Adam and Eve. And this is very, very important. When God says that in the day that you eat of that fruit, in dying you will die, the contrast here is between death and life. Okay, the death that is spoken there is the loss of the spiritual life of their soul in his union with God, as opposed to physical death, which is the loss of natural life of the body in his union with the soul. Now, this is very, very important. So when God was saying that they will die, he was not talking about the loss of natural life because our natural life, the life that we, you and I, that we demonstrate on earth is actually because of the union of our body with our soul. That is what gives us the natural life. And that is not what God was talking about. When God said, in the day that you eat of it, you will die. Now, that life is going to be affected eventually. That life was snuffed out in the case of Adam after 900 years. But that is not what God was saying. God was saying that something will happen immediately. You disobey. Immediately you rebel. Immediately you transgress this covenant. Something will happen Immediately, there will be a cessation, there will be a stop, there will be a rupture immediately. 
But that rupture is talking about the spiritual life. Again, that spiritual life is the life of the soul because of his union with God. The first death would eventually then lead to the second death. But what God was talking about in, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 17, was not the second death, was not the loss of natural life. It was talking about the first death, which is the loss of spiritual life. Without having first died spiritually, Adam and he will not have been able to die physically. But once they die spiritually, then death set in and eventually their body was taught how to die. <laughs> you know, you see, when you look at our body, I mean, our body is gorgeous, it's complex. Our body is a miracle. Structurally, our body was created in such a way so that it will, it will live forever. Do you know that every single blood cell in your body, in three months, they will be renewed, they will be changed. Our body, our skin is shedding cells all the time so that new one can be created. Unfortunately, because of sin, even the new one seems to have abnormality in increasing measure, which is the reason why after some time of growth and growth, our body start declining again. But it's, when you look at the body of human, you will see that it's as if God created our body to live forever. They lost their spiritual life, Adam and Eve. They became dead to God and divine things. They forfeited their entitlement to immortality and they became liable to eternal death. And eventually they also died physically. They lost everything. They lost their righteousness in which they were created. The image of God in them were deformed. The power and the faculty of their soul were corrupted and they became dead in sins and trespasses. This is what God was saying when God was telling them, warning them that this is what is going to, and this is a biggie. This is huge. This is serious. Okay. As a result, they lost all happiness, possession and prospect of the garden of delight. And they became liable to physical death, obviously. And all the mysteries that precede and accompany sin and darkness and that is exactly what god was saying so let's read genesis chapter 2 verse 17 again but this time we're going to read it side by side with romans chapter 6 verse 23 so let's do that but of the trees of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat it for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die now it makes a lot of sense what God was saying to us, obviously, what God was saying. But Romans chapter 6, verse 23, throw light on this. Paul was writing by the Holy Spirit. He said, for the wages of sin is what? Is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Obviously, all that is, okay, maybe I should go far, far, far ahead of me. Obviously, this conflict that we are seeing now that is becoming their nightmare, that is becoming the reality of Adam and Eve is going to be resolved in the second Adam, who is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. I just thought <laughs> I should mention that. So understand that there is a sure, there's a certain, there's an inescapable price to pay for breaking God's covenant, for rebelling against God, for their disobedience, and for their, for their rejection of the reign and the rule of God. And this was that price that they are paying, that price, the Bible call it death. Paul called it in that Romans chapter 6, verse 27, he called it the wages of sin. The wages of sin is dead. The wages here is talking about a soldier's payment 
for giving service, for the service that the, the soldier render for their country going to risk their life. So the wages there is what you pay them for doing that. Okay. And the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. So Romans chapter 6 verse 23 is telling us about the reality of retribution. As sure as the soldier will be paid for the service they render, okay? And he's saying that as sure as that, there's a payment for sin. And we see that play out fundamentally in Genesis chapter 3. The wages of sin is there. So one of the truth that is being established for us in this verse is the fact that God, the same God who has been their delight, this God is also a judge. Here we see the reality of retribution, judgment, and justice. God is a righteous God. God is not arbitrary. God does not do things arbitrarily. God is a righteous God. And rebellion is against God will lead to death. Rebellion against God, who is the giver of life, can lead only to death. All right? If we rebel, God is the source of life. If we rebel, when they rebel, Adam and Eve, when they rebel against God and disobey him, there's only one outcome. And the one outcome is death. And we are still going to talk a little bit about this death. Let's read Je- Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 51. I'm just going to read the second part of verse 56. Jeremiah chapter 51, just the second part of verse 56. NIV, for the Lord is a God of retribution. He will repay in full. There's a translation called Names of God Bible. He said, I, Yahweh, am a God who punishes evil. I will certainly punish them. I, Yahweh, am a God who punishes evil. I will certainly punish them. You know, there are some people that want to say, God is love. Uh, God will not judge us. God will not throw people to hell. Listen to me. One of the, remember what we said as we go in this, our story is revealing something to us also about the nature of God. God is a righteous God. God is a righteous judge. God is not arbitrary. God's love is righteous. God's love is just. God's justice is loving. God's mercy is righteous. God's mercy is just. God is one. God does not have one nature love here and one nature justice there and one nature mercy there. No, God is one. Okay, the God that is loving is also the God that is righteous. The God that is merciful is also the God that is just. And God cannot deny himself. So one of the things that we see here is rebellion against God, the giver of life, can lead only to death. There is no, you, 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 there is no, it's a certainty. Okay, we cannot negotiate it. If we rebel against the source of life, then we are cutting ourselves away from the life and the ultimate, the inevitable result of that will be death. And that is exactly what Adam and Eve experienced. Now, we need to talk a little bit about that death. Okay, so in the Bible, death is not the reverse of existence, physical existence as we understand it. To die does not mean to cease to live physically or that you disappear. It is not extinction of being, and this is very, very important. Rather, when the Bible talks about death, yeah, yes, obviously there's a physical death. Even when people die, they don't disappear. They don't stop being. 
And this is very, very important that we understand here. So rather, death is a reversal of life. So when the Bible talks about death, when something dies, even in the physical, when something dies, you are cut off from a certain life. In this particular case, spiritually, people die when they are cut off from the spiritual life of God. And when people die physically, they die physically because they are cut off from physical life, but they don't stop existing. And this is important for us to understand. So dying is still existing. So when somebody dies, <laughs> they don't stop existing. So I'll say that again, in Bible, death is not the reverse. You know, it's not the opposite of existence. No, that is very, very important for us to understand that to die is really, to is a reversal of life. It's a cutting off. It's a cut off from a life source. Spiritually, a cut off from the life of God himself. Okay, and physically, if somebody dies, a cut off from physical life. And this is very, very important. So dying is still existence, but existence in a wrong location. I'm talking about physical death now. With respect to Adam and Eve, they are existing, but they have changed location. No wonder in Genesis chapter 3, verse 9, God said, where are you? He has moved. He was not where he was before. They have moved. They are still existing. They, they, they have not disappeared. In this particular case, it's not a physical death. It's a spiritual death. They are still there in the garden, but they have moved. They have moved. They are, they, they, they are existing quite all right, but their existence now is in the realm of death. Adam and Eve have changed location. They have changed allegiance. They have changed citizenship. They have changed kingdom. They have moved from the kingdom of light. They have moved into the kingdom of darkness. And that is exactly what is happening here. And that is exactly what happened to Adam and Eve. And we'll see what were the immediate effects of that. But fundamentally, this is what happened to them in that garden after they eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So next question is what happened to the image of God? in Adam and Eve when they sinned. What happened? Because they were created in the image of God. All right. What happened to that image of God in Adam and Eve when they sinned? Now, we have already discussed this, and I'm not going to go back. We discussed this in episode 168 and episode 169. We've discussed this before. So I'm not going to go through that again. Please go back. But this is the summary of what we said. We saw that while the fall of man was tragic and the consequences far-reaching, man's sin did not completely eradicate the image of God in man. Yes, their sin was far-reaching. Yes, their sin was tragic. Yes, the effect was horrendous. Yes, the image of God in man was badly <laughs> disfigured. But man did not completely lose the image of God. Even unbelievers, even unsaved people, even that wicked, evil man is still created in the image of God. There's something of God in every human, all right? There's something of the nature of God. It, it, it may be corrupted, it may be badly, you know, <laughs> damaged, but that image is there. And this is the reason why God says that you can, you should not, you know, say something wrong against somebody else that is created in the image of God. Every human, it's not a matter of the color of our skin. It's not our gender. It is the fact that we are human. There is something of God in every human, young or old, even in that baby, even in that, you know, that baby, that, that 
fetus that is in the womb is made after the image of God. It's created in the image of God. There's something of God in every human being. Indeed, in the fall, the image of God in man was irreparably damaged and corrupted, but it was not totally eradicated. So all human in their current state still bears the image of God. Now, many are in rebellion. That image is bastardized, is corrupted. And the Lord Jesus said, you have to be born again. You know, God has to make an exchange. Okay. And we, th that image cannot be resuscitated. It cannot be, you know, revived by itself. It has to be the Holy Spirit, God himself that comes to, to make an exchange of that nature that is corrupted in us and replace it with a new one. And that is what happens when people get born again. This is what, this is, this is, the, the, the cross is, if you can call it, is the, is the manufacturing center by the, what Jesus, the Lord Jesus provided on the cross through the operation of the Holy Spirit. It is really because of that, that God is able to justly save the unjust. Okay, because God is righteous. God is just. He cannot just come and say, you know, I overlook. No, he can't do that. But God has provided a righteous and a just way to be able to come in if you allow him to be able to come in and make that change in you and I that needs to be made. So that once again, we can be reconnected back to life. We can be reconnected back to God himself. Once again, like Adam and Eve, we can be, we can be called sons and daughters of God. Our body is born by our parents, but something of God will be reborn into us and will become alive. Once again, our spirit will be connected. Once again, our spirit will become the candle of the Lord, searching the inward part of the belly. But the only way to do that is not by following new ideology or by following the teaching of one guru or the other. It's really by allowing the Holy Spirit through the provision of the Lord Jesus on the cross to do a deep surgery in our heart and actually something new will be born into us. You can do it tonight and please do it because there's no other name that is given among men whereby we can be saved. And the Lord Jesus loves you. God loves you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. But first of all, you have to stop denying the fact that you are a sinner. You have to stop thinking that you can make it by your own righteousness. You have to realize that you can't do it by yourself. Then run to him and he will help you. And then he will begin to walk with you, give you the power and the strength and the grace to be able to walk as a child of God. And when this is all over, you spend eternity with him in the new heaven and the new earth do it now we sincerely invite you to check out our teachings on youtube maranatha teaching channel they will bless you thank you